0: This episode of Let There Be Talk is brought to you by my fantastic sponsor Standard and Strange. Are you looking for boots, denim, leather jackets, all the best finest clothing is available at standardandstrange.com. They ship all over the world and they are amazing humans. Small business in New York, Oakland and New Mexico. Check them out online standardandstrange.com or their Instagram find All of your clothing needs. Some of the best denim ever you get there. Uh, They got the real McCoys leather jackets, which are my favorites. John Lofgren boots, Momotaro denim. All of the greatest stuff at standardandstrange.com. Tell them I sent you. Ask for Jeremy or Neil and say, Dean Del Rey sent me. I want some goddamn good clothing. I want to look cool. I want to be stylish. Hook me up, standardandstrange.com. Also, if you have a dog, your loved one, you know you want that dog to be healthy and happy. Feed your dog Migos Dog. Clean, healthy, human-grade food for your dog. Do not feed your dog a bunch of garbage, that stuff that's just sitting on a shelf, you know, made in China out of sawdust and whatever they're putting in there. You want healthy meals for your dog. You know what I'm saying? You want that dog to be around a long time because you love him. My dog Gertrude eats MigosDog.com. They deliver all over L.A. right now, and you can find it at Air One. California, pick up your Migos dog food. They got toppers, and uh, you can put that on whatever you're feeding your dog now. They have just incredible flavors. They got salmon. They have duck. They have chicken. Gertie loves the, uh, now she's on the duck. She ate the salmon for a while. Now she's like, I want some duck. I'm a finer animal. So anyway, MigosDog.com. Follow them on Instagram. Tell them I sent you. Get yourself a nice little deal. They're doing some discounts right now. MigosDog.com. Welcome aboard, everybody. It is a Monday, December 12th, and this is episode number 677 of Let There Be Talk. It is uh, slightly... It was raining this morning here in L.A. I'm going to start the episode off today, uh, which, by the way, another solo episode today, and I will tell you what I'm going to be doing Uh, I'm going to be reading off my top 10 albums of 2022. I will also talk about uh, being out on the road with Mr. Burr this week and uh, my love of the Zeppelin Celebration Day movie, the uh, show they did in 07 at the 02 Arena that just celebrated its 15-year anniversary. Yes, I will be fucking going all over the board today, but uh, I'm glad you're joining me. Starting the day off with a horoscope. You guys do that? You you wake up in the morning, you read this dumb shit. I've been doing it my whole life. I don't know who the fuck writes this stuff. How do you get that job? You got to do 12 horoscopes a day. There's some work there. Because you you got to make up shit each day. So, you, you know, you fire it up and you're like, okay, Aquarius, uh, don't go outside today if your big toe is thumping. Let the people take charge and you sit back and watch it ride. That's not even my horoscope. That's just how easy it is to make it up. I want that job. Just a little side job each day. Pick up some money. I'm going to write the horoscopes real quick before I go to the fucking gym. Don't stare in the sun too long. It'll burn your eyes. But most importantly, you might see what's really out there. (laughs) Scorpio. (laughs) Dumbass shit. But I fucking read it. I don't know. It started, I think, on the San Francisco Chronicle. I think that's where I first started reading them. You know, you get a newspaper each day. I'd read through the uh, date book, which was the music and kind of movie reviews and what's going on in art world. Oh, Gertie snoring. And I would uh, go to that horoscope part and just fucking read them. And once in a while, you'd be like, man, they're dead on. I think if you just throw enough bullshit out in the world, it's going to line up with somebody out there. Somebody each day is like, "Man, they're dead on. I don't know how they do it." I do believe a little bit in that uh astrology and, and star shit, you know. I dated a Scorpio once. It was a fucking nightmare. And then I had a friend who was a Scorpio and he was a piece of shit, no longer a friend. You know, you you get certain uh, astrological signs that uh, rub you wrong, man. And if you don't, if you're not reading the signs, <laughs> you, uh, you're you being dumb, you know, because after a while, I could just be talking to somebody at a, a gig or, or backstage or something, and I'll be like, are you Scorpio? And they're like, how'd you know? And then I just, oh, fuck, I got to grab this call. <laughs> Opening the podcast today with an astrology reading. Aquarius, if you're an Aquarius like me, my birthday's coming up. I'm going to be 57 old timer. Old Timerville. January 20th through February 18th, you are an Aquarius. Don't trust every single thing you see or hear today. There could be more going on underneath the surface. If you keep poking, eventually you'll come up with the real skinny. Whatever it is. There it is. If you're an Aquarius, that's your horoscope today. Spooky. Spooky stuff. Don't poke the the bear. Don't poke a bear is what it's saying. (laughs) I don't know. I'm fucking out of my mind today. I feel all right. I slept 10 hours. I needed it. My God. I was out on the road with Bill. And uh, it was the last three arena shows of the year uh, for me with Bill. Bill has three more this week, but they were the last three that I, I did. And uh, I remember we were getting out of the car yesterday and I just, I looked at Bill and I said, hey man, thank you for everything. I'll never forget it. What a fucking year. Arena tour. You just did an arena tour, dude. I've known the guy 12 years and uh, it's inspiring, man. I get to watch him every night. I get to watch a full-blown ninja. It'd be like if you were in a band and you got to tour with Zeppelin. You know, I don't, I don't go fucking fuck around in the venue or, you know, hang backstage. I watch every night. I watch how he does uh, different adjustments to jokes, how he, he uh, changes jokes, freshens them up, whatever, just to keep himself... Uh, entertained and having fun. You know, that's the most important thing. You want the audience to have a great time, but you don't want to be a fucking robot. And you could be a, You know, I got 346 gigs this year uh, that I've done, and you could easily turn into a robot if you don't, you know, watch out what the fuck you're doing. So it's, it's awesome to watch Bill, and it's amazing to see where he's at now. And, uh, you know... I love talking to him after the gigs. Like, when was the last time he did five shows in a club? That animal! That animal! I'm doing. I'm doing it this weekend. I'll be in uh, San Diego, four shows. Escondido at the Grand Comedy Club. Come out! But uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a it's a a wild thing to see an arena full of people there to see you do stand-up and then think about all the hard work it took Bill to get there. And, and I'm doing the work, and I'm thinking like, fuck, man, how, how could you ever... I can't even sell out a club one night. I'm like, how could you get to the level of arena? It's awesome to see, man. It's, I would love to see a documentary of like 10 people 10 people in the business of music and comedy and see, you know, that became arena acts and see the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the work, and the, how it happened, you know? There's a lot of things that are in place. Great management, great agent, great uh, comedian, great material. Uh, you know, you have to have multiple irons in the fire I don't think anybody as a comedian I'm almost 100% on this I don't think any of them did it straight up from comedy like I only do comedy I'm talking about guys that don't podcast they don't act they don't do uh what else would there be TV that's acting but you know you have to have all these irons in the fire oh, oh even dumbass Twitter and TikTok and and Instagram You got to have all of that. And uh, anyway, I'd love to see a documentary of that, you know? Just each guy or woman's, uh, you know, I love Allie Wong's story. She is, uh, you know, I read her thing in the New Yorker a few years ago. I was was flying home from a, a grim road gig somewhere. It was a winter cold. Not very many people came to the gig. And there was this New Yorker magazine... In my uh, seat, somebody left at the on the plane. There was a story on Ali Wong there, how she was, you know, she'd been grinding it out for years, writing on TV shows, uh, you know, doing stand-up and, and not getting any traction. She was talking about how nobody would give her a special. And I talked about this before, but, you know, she believed in herself. She shot the special Baby Cobra. And a week before it came out, she was in San Francisco and she was doing Cobbs and she opened up uh, the internet and there was Groupon to see Ali Wong. And nothing, you know, worse than Groupon, you know. It's just like, ugh, I'm not selling tickets. There's going to be people there that don't know who I am. And uh, just, it's just brutal. And it's amazing the punches that you take to the face. I think that's, the people that make it, you'd just be like, how many punches to the face, you know? Like, like Mike Tyson took a lot of punches to the face before he came, the mighty Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali, all of them. But anyway, Baby Cobra, she shoots it. Netflix turns out they buy it from her. They put it out. And a month later, she goes back to San Francisco. She does like five nights or something uh, in a theater. So, you know, you just never know when it's going to happen. And uh, me being close with Bill and, and being there the whole time, all those, not, you know, 12 years. I wasn't there during his grind years. But I know because I hear the stories from him of just like, oh, man, I remember this gig or that gig or this hotel or that fucking flight. Or We all got those stories. So, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was amazing. We were out in Boise, Boise, Idaho. And uh, we did some uh, bull riding arena. It was amazing to see that. It's just a big arena for bull riding. And uh, amazing crowd. And then we flew to Salt Lake City, stayed in a fantastic hotel. It was my first time I went to Salt Lake City and liked it. Salt Lake City has never been my favorite. It's just kind of, it's pretty grim there. If you live there, I'm not clowning on it. I'm just kind of like, man, uh, it's grim for me because I don't have a lot of great memories there each time I do it. I did do Wise Guys once and killed, and they never had me back. Still a confusion of my career, but you will have that. In comedy, you're going to have people that do not care for you. They don't like your comedy, or maybe they didn't like you for some reason. You don't know why. You try to figure it out. You beat yourself up for days. Like, why doesn't this fucking guy book me again? There was 200 people there. It was great. And then you just got to move on. And then we did uh, Colorado Springs. And uh, man, that Colorado Springs, you know, coming off that horrific... Shooting, that city needed some laughs, and I was glad that we could uh, we could get in there and make them feel good. You know that was a horrific, fucking horrific crime out there. Just unbelievable. Just a piece of garbage that guy is. But anyway, Curdy snoring. She's in full snore mode. It was a great run, and it was a great year, and I will never forget it. I'll never forget the, uh, the Red Rocks all the way till last night or two nights ago. When was that? Saturday night. So thank you, Bill, for all of your support. Now, and thank you all of the Bill Burr fans that have, uh, have found me through Bill shouting me out or, or seeing the, uh, seeing the uh, shows that I've been on with him. It really means a lot, you know? You go out there and you do an arena of, say, 15,000 people and you hope you can get, like, 500 fans out of it. That'd be great. Usually it's around 50, but that's still good, you know? I get it. A lot of people go to the show. They don't remember who opened. You could fucking murder. And they'll be like, what was that one guy's name? And the next day, they got life. They got life staring them in the face. Fuck. Fuck. I gotta get the kids to school. I gotta fucking pay for gas. How much is gas this week? So, I get it. And I thank all of you from the bottom of my heart, man. It means it means the world to me. This episode of Let There Be Talk is brought to you by Skillshare. I'll tell you this right now. It's never too late to start building something that's truly yours. Whether you've been at it for decades or you're just getting started, Skillshare helps you level up your skills with curated, expert-led classes covering everything from graphic design and hand lettering to web development, photography, and so much more. I'm telling you, I've been using it to get my uh, e-commerce chops and uh, social media skills up because you know it's never uh, never enough. You got to keep learning that stuff, and it works. Check it out. Skillshare classes are curated and polished for maximum impact. With under 60 minutes, you can learn more than you would in a whole weekend spent scouring YouTube. Visit Skillshare.com slash Delray today and get your first month free. That's Skillshare.com slash Delray for your first month free. You cannot go wrong. It's free. One affordable yearly membership fee unlocks unlimited access to as many classes as you want, and you get to keep learning as you go. I'm telling you, get into the Skillshare is the real deal. For anything you want to learn for your side hustle, Skillshare.com slash Delray. I want to tell you, uh, I did do a, an amazing gig last night. I did a gig for... Uh, uh, an organization called Rock to Recovery, and this is the second time I've done it. I did it uh, five years ago for their uh, fifth year anniversary, and then I've been doing it since. This is the 10-year anniversary. And basically what they do is they help musicians that are struggling with drug addiction and, uh, and all sorts of uh, things that, you know, happen. In uh, to a musician, I think a guitar or drums or bass or keyboards or microphone should come with a warning, like cigarette surgeon general warning. This Gibson Les Paul comes with potential depression, fame, fortune, drug addiction, and and, and pain. Let's let's get that on these instruments, right, Gertie? Anyway, so I did this event, and it, it's it's amazing to do an event like this where, uh, you know, when you do a private event, I I love doing them because uh, this especially this one, there's specific benefits that I'll say yes to right away. Uh, Drug addiction, help people with drug addiction or uh, depression. Help people, help get somebody out of prison that's wrongfully in there. You know, uh, like I love that work that Jason Flom's doing, getting people out of prison that have been in there years. Uh, A lot of them are uh, black, the black community, wrongfully imprisoned just insane if you're not following Jason Flom and you read these stories and they don't make you angry it's just crazy so I'll do any kind of uh, you know benefits that I, uh, I'm for anyway so I, I love doing them but they're always they never understand the dynamics of comedy they think okay we'll just get uh, these comics on and we'll just throw them out there It'll be it'll be fine, and then in between, I'll go out and auction off stuff, and and then we'll 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 uh, have some sad movies in between the comics. <laughs> you know, you have to you, you have to tell them like, hey man, you want to get the most out of the night? Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna let them eat dinner first. All right. You could go out there, make some speeches, talk about what the organization's about, let them eat, let them get some drinks in them, and uh, maybe raffle off shit, you got your raffle going or whatever, and then bring the comedians out. That's how it's gonna work good. But he's like, the doors were at five, red carpet was from like 5.30 to 6.15, and then they made an announcement. Okay, everybody sit down at 6.15. And at 6.30, they start serving the meals. And he goes, okay, let's get you out there, Dean. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to go tell dick jokes while they're eating chicken? Let's just wait a few minutes. He's like, oh, we can't, man. We're pushed for time. I'm like, well, have the fucking lady auction off, you know, the shit while they're eating. And then I'll go out and like, no, we, we got to have you out there. And the lady's like, yeah, we got to have you out there. She doesn't want to go out first. She's fucking auctioning off shit. How could you be nervous? Well, please go first. I don't want to auction off stuff first. Oh, no. <laughs> so I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get a big fucking what is this look on their faces. But I go out there. And I open up with a Dahmer joke. I go, yeah, you guys eating? Uh, I'll tell you who likes to eat, Dahmer. <laughs> fucking, they're looking at me, and uh, I know what it is, so I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying the battle. I know it's going to be fucking hard, but I slowly start to chip away. And about three minutes into the set, it turns around and starts to turn into fire. And I look out in the crowd and I see people out there I know. Uh, my boy Sonny from Snot, the band Snot, is cracking up his table. Then straight ahead, I see someone laughing so fucking hard. I realize who it is. It's Ralph from uh, Steel Panther, the singer. And man, that just, now I'm fixed on him. I'm like, okay, this gig is for Ralph. I'm just going to make that motherfucker laugh. And as I start hammering and getting heavier into the, uh, you know, the uh, harder jokes, the room starts to fucking light up. And that is when I start to just, I just, I start feeling good. Like, this is amazing. These people hated me three minutes ago, and now they're dying laughing. And there is nothing better than that. I remember Mitzi used to say, you want half the room to hate you and half to love you. And that is so true. You don't want the whole room to love you. I don't want the whole room to love me. And then you're doing something wrong. You want half to be like, huh? That was my favorite thing about Norm Macdonald. He'd be out there and half the room would just not be getting it. And I'd be like, this is amazing, that tension. Imagine you're just eating fucking chicken and I'm talking about serial killers. And <laughs> I love it. Anyway, it was uh, a great night. And if you want to donate and help out, go check them out. Rock to Recovery. They've got an Instagram and it's Rock to Recovery, nonprofit organization created by Wes Gear, who's a great man. And uh, you're really going to uh, love what they're doing. They're doing a fundraiser right now, so you can go right to their Instagram. They're at 655 bucks raised to the $5,000 they are trying to get to. And they are just doing great work. So uh, thank you, Rock to Recovery, for having me. And uh, I'll do it every year for you. I love it no matter how weird it is. I love the challenge. I remember last time I did it, <laughs> I was talking, weed had just been legalized, and I was looking out at the crowd. They're all sober, and I was like, God, you guys are missing out. Just think, man, you're missing out on just being able to go to a store now and buy drugs. <laughs> they were all like, huh? Scooby-dooing, huh? Zoinks. Anyway, that uh, was my week, and uh, I loved it. I've uh, had a pretty goddamn good year. And as uh, you know, I don't complain and I, I keep grinding, but what a great year! It started out a year ago, opening for Metallica two nights, and now here I am winding down the year just a shitload of arena shows, Red Rocks with Burr, a lot of headlining shows, uh, some great, great stuff. Okay, let's get in. To my top ten records of the year. And uh, yes, that's where I'm at right now. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to name the top ten. And for then the next two weeks, people are going to be like, Dude, no fucking chili peppers? Dude, no fucking Hawaiian garden? Away? No, if you don't see it on the list, it's not in the top fucking ten. It doesn't mean I, I fucking hate the people. People always think that like, oh, whatever, dude. Fucking no love for fucking Shemalong Ding Dong. Fuck, that's uncool. These are my top 10 records. Doesn't mean I hate other people. Fucking nuts. People are nuts, I tell you. Okay, now... I will tell you this, Death Leopard did not make the, uh, the top ten. They would have easily been in the top five if they did more songs. Their, their new record started out with this song, Take What You Want. And I was like, this fucking song is the best song they've done in 25 years. And the record closed with their second best song they've done in 25 years, From Here to Eternity. The, the rest of the record, I did not like at all. So, uh, but that doesn't mean shit because they did two songs that blow my fucking mind in 2022. Take What You Want and From Here to Eternity. So, and the record's not bad. Look, it's just like these two songs, though, are the Def Leppard flavor that I love. The first three records style. The heavy shit. Def Leppard to me is one of the greatest bands and memories of my life early on. On Through the Night, High and Dry, Pyromania. Those records have so much fucking love in my heart. It's crazy how much I love that band and how much they meant to me. And still, when I saw them at the Whiskey this year, it was one of the greatest nights of my life. Watching... Def Leppard in a club, it was unreal. And those two songs I will play for the rest of my life and add them into the set list and we have two more heavy rock songs in a Def Leppard set that are new. So it's not like you go see Def Leppard and they just play fucking all old stuff. They play these two songs and you'd be like, oh, this is fucking amazing, man. They still got it. So, like I said, I didn't care for the middle of the record, whatever. I'm not clowning on them. I love the fucking band more than anything. And these two songs are insane. But it did not make my top ten. But those two songs are definitely some of the songs of the year for me. I'm going to go right now. I'm going to give you uh, record number ten. And it is a fantastic record from the longtime killers themselves band from nineteen ninety-three out of Austin, Spoon. Now Spoon, I don't talk about Spoon a lot, but Spoon is one of those bands that I listen to about three or four times of the year and just go, God, this record is so great. This band is great. Wherever I happen to be just randomly rocking some Spoon. Uh that that record, They Want My Soul, still gets heavy spins from me. And uh, the song Inside Out is just, it's just beyond to me. So Spoon dropped the record and hats off to them how long this band's been going. It's so fucking cool. They got a record out right now called Lucifer on the Sofa. And it sounds, uh, a lot of the flavor reminds me of the killer Sam ta- uh, Sam's Town. I love that killer's record, Sam's Town. And this record, uh, it has kind of that flavor to me. And I just love that Spoon is still fucking going, man. Still out there with a great audience and uh, touring, making records. So that is number 10, my friends. Number 9. Coming at you with number 9 right now. Unbelievable record from the band Elder. Innate Passage. Unreal record these guys drop. Total, like, Pink Floyd metal vibes. Uh, just, just, you know, 14-minute songs. You put it on and just chill around your house. And this band is just smoke. Just a smoke fest. Absolutely love it. Elder, crushing it. Uh Okay, what was that? Number nine. Number eight, coming at you right now. Number eight, just a fantastic record this year from Brian Jonestown Massacre. Fire doesn't grow on trees. And I love this song, The Real, and one of my highlights of the podcast this year was interviewing Anton. And some people say it's one of the best Anton interviews ever, and I will will take that. Thank you very much because it's one of my favorite interviews of the year, besides Gene Simmons. To talk to Anton and and the history of Brian Jonestown and to have him fully engaged was just incredible. And this guy is making music nonstop every year, one or two records, touring constantly. Guy is a soldier. He is the real deal. And I will always love Brian Jonestown Massacre and uh check out the record it's number eight number seven my friends comes to you from let me find it here number seven is king buffalo regenerator unbelievable that king buffalo i've uh, started listening to years ago had them on the podcast I love these guys. I've seen them twice. And they just kill it. Kill it. The music is just fire, man. And um, the Regenerator record could be their best one. It's a total Anthony Bourdain rock. I could just imagine if Bourdain was still around, he'd be like, man, I love King Buffalo. You know, he would have their music on one of his... Fucking TV shows and everybody'd be like, Who's that? And uh, and then the world would, you know, be turned on to King Buffalo. King Buffalo though, they're killing it out there. They're selling out. I love these bands like King Buffalo and Elder and you know, they're like they're like comedians just grinding and grinding and grinding, just picking up fan one at a time, fan by fan by fan. King Buffalo, great guys, man. Uh, I want to get them on the podcast again and talk to them just because they've come so far. It's unbelievable. Uh, what number was that, seven? Okay, so we did King Buffalo. Next on my list is going to be the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. They put out a record this year. Everyone knows I love Carinelle. I've loved the Yeah, Yeah, yes f- since the first fucking day I saw them and they blew my mind at some T-Mobile corporate event early, early on. And uh, they played with uh, the MC, no, no, they played with the Stooges. Iggy Pop and the Stooges did this corporate secret gig downtown, yeah, yeah, yes, and the Stooges. And it was, what a fucking night, you know? And Karen O, I still think is the top five performers of the last 25 years easily she is just unreal to me still killing it i think she's like 42 now i saw them uh what was it before the pandemic or right after the 50 year the 50 year what was the 20 year or something of of maps maybe yeah 20 year anniversary of maps or something and uh, they did two gigs, one in New York, one in L.A. And it was just insane how, how crushing she she was that night. And every night I saw her. One of the greatest gigs i ever seen her at was uh, uh, Coachella. I took some great photos. They're on some fucking hard drive in this house somewhere. i got to keep all these photos. Where are they? <laughs> Next up, so we did the yeah, yeah, yes. Then we're going to go with, uh, oh, the Mars Volta. Out of nowhere, they get back together. Been waiting for the Mars Volta for years. I knew this record was being made. Uh, They kept it a big secret. And the biggest secret they kept it was the flavor, the style of the record. Self-titled, the Mars Volta. And, uh, you know, everybody's love of them was a kind of a, a weird dark prog rock band you go see them they play a song for like 15 minutes i always described them as if led zeppelin and santana had a child in 1970 it would be the mars volta and oh my god i'm so the only bummer of my year was i didn't get to see them because i was on tour which is a uh, you know it's a a double edged sword like I'm glad I was on tour but I also uh, bummed I didn't get to see them but their record is smoking it's totally totally different and I know a lot of people are like what's going on with the Mars Volta and I couldn't uh, I couldn't love this more I love when a band totally goes somewhere else and and let's see if the fans go with us. And if not, okay, whatever. But we're not going to be boxed in to one fucking thing. And it's amazing. Blank Condolences is just a masterpiece song. And I got to tell you, Cedric is next level with these lyrics on this record, man. And his singing. Just deep, dark lyrics, man, with these kind of... Cool, groovy, pop flavor. Oh, my God. What a home run combination. The Mars Volta. As Brody Stevens would say, I get it. I fucking get it, Mars Volta. Uh, Okay, next up. The Smile. Oh, my God. How great is The Smile? I'm going to see him next week. I cannot wait. I love anything... Uh, Johnny and Tom York do I love Radiohead I've always loved Radiohead Other than the first record I never listened to that one But from the Benz on And the Benz being one of the greatest concerts I ever saw that tour at the Fillmore Oh man, I just love it And the smile I'll never forget I was just sitting in a Starbucks And uh, the smoke came on The song and the record's called a light for attracting attention and this song comes out i go what radiohead song is this this fucking i i i thought i knew all radiohead man maybe it's a an obscure b-side but nope it was the smile and kevin christie and i are going to see the smile and that is a type of band i will take a night off of comedy to go see Something that probably won't come around for a long time again. Absolutely going to take a night off of comedy for that. And I cannot wait to see him next week. The Smile has got a smoking record under their belt. And just a fire, fire uh, album. Next up coming at you, kiddies. Marcus King. My good friend. And fantastic human and... One of the most incredible musicians I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not bullshitting on that. I'm not uh, just throwing that out there. This guy is something else. And I will tell you this. I've heard some of his new music. And it is going to uh, drop some jaws. All of his music is fantastic, but he is going somewhere else on his next record. I will just say that. I'm not going to say anything else, but I will tell you this. You think the Mars Volta took a chance? Oh, man. Wait till you hear some of the new Marcus King. And I love this man. He has uh, continued to push himself in all different uh, areas of the music world. r and soul, blues, rock. And the record, Youngblood, was just a smoking rock record. And that song, Lie, 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 is just a classic. And he is, uh, I mean, one of the greatest things in my life was doing that two-month tour with Marcus. I will never forget it. And I, you know, uh, my phone does those memories and it pops up these photo reels. And one popped up yesterday from that Marcus King tour, and I just had to sit down again and just just take it in. I just take it in. I'm just like, wow. I I, I can't believe how incredible that was. It was super hard, and it was incredible. So, Marcus, I love you, man, and I, I am there for that kid for anything he ever needs. When he calls me and says, hey, I'm in and i can't wait for you guys to uh hear his new music. All right, next up. Coming at you. Now we're at, we're down to uh 1 and 2. I already know because i can see. And uh before i get into 1 and 2, i want to say uh this is not an album so i didn't include it in my top 10 cuz it was albums, but Neil Francis his EP Sentimental Garbage is way the fuck up there for me uh music wise and uh oh my god what an ep and what what neil is neil is just next level to me also neil and 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 uh marcus were the ultimate perfect touring uh package in my eyes neil francis ep so i didn't keep i didn't put that in there because it's an EP, and I want people to go, dude. Technically, that's an EP. So I mean, uh, is it going to be top ten albums, or are you including EPs? I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm I'm fucking. Uh, I'm edgy today. Not edgy. whatever. I'm. I'm gr- I'm grumpy. I'm not grumpy. I just like. I just, I'm just, i just amazed all the time by people's uh, responses on anything on social media. Just sitting on their couch. I'll fucking show him. I'll fucking tell him, you suck, dude. You know that you suck. Coming from a man out of Toledo, Ohio. Unemployed. Not wanting to work. Living with nine roommates. Eat a dick. <laughs> anyway, I love you, uh, Neil Francis. Sentimental garbage. Strawberry letter 23. The whole life I thought it was 22. Anyway, go listen to that. Coming down to one and two. Now, I got to tell you, one and two come from two of my favorite groups of all time. And it was really tough. I was going to do a tie, but then nobody likes a tie. Ties suck. Uh, There was a tie in the NFL a couple days ago. I didn't see the game. I don't fucking, you know, I don't know nothing about it, but there was a tie, and all I kept seeing was fucking tie in the NFL. That's bullshit. A thousand tweets in one day. Which, by the way, go 49ers. Here comes your fair weather fan, Dean Delray. Anyway, hats off to the 49ers. Oh, my God. I love that quarterback, Purdy. He's Purdy. But uh, I love a story. I love all underdog stories. I love stories where people don't want you. They think you're no good. They think you're going to fucking fail. They, the gatekeepers say, no, 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 no. And then one day your time comes and people go, holy shit, who is that? That is my favorite story in the world on anything, a business, a human, uh, anything, a record, whatever. There's always that story about a record. Oh, man, they put it out, the first single hit, and it failed. And then a year later, some DJ put on fucking Night Train, and the record took off. You know, that kind of story. I love it. Anyway, um, so it was tough to pick one and two. They come from two of my favorite bands. But uh, I will tell you, number two goes to Wilco, Cruel Country. Cruel Country is a record that I've been waiting for Wilco to make for a long time and glad now, looking back on it, that they did not make it right after being there. I know that no band wants to do a sequel to uh, their record right after. Record companies coming in. You know, Jeff, we need another bean there. He's all, nah, check this one out here instead. And they're like, what is this? We don't understand this fucking Radiohead concept type of record from you. You're an alt-country band. Nah, you don't tell me. I put out whatever I want. (laughs) Jeff Tweedy, one of the greatest ever. And man, talk about a fucking soldier out there. Multiple records, been in the biz all his life and uh, been touring all his life, battling demons. I love this man and his music, and being there is one of the greatest records for me of all time. Okay. And uh, I get it. People love Yankee Fox, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I get it. It's their Radiohead OK computer. Everybody's like, ah, Radiohead OK computer is the best sure sure you know whatever what about sky blue sky what about a ghost is born what about fucking summer teeth you know i mean this guy's catalog is unreal but being there was always special to me it was a time in my life where i was in love with all country i still am i still love it but it was real fresh what was going on with lucinda williams Uh, Jayhawk Sunvolt Wilco all of that was going on Wallflowers uh, they're not all country but this flavor of great songs and and singer-songwriters and and all of that was happening and I loved uh, being there so all these years later out of nowhere Tweety drops Cruel Country and I'm like oh fuck a new Wilco album It it had been out a week, and I didn't even fucking know. So I happened to be, I don't know, on a road trip or something, and I threw it on, and I just could not believe what I was hearing. I was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. It's a double album. This guy just drops 21 songs of full, heartfelt, beautiful music. And in the middle of the record... There's a song called The Empty Condor. And by the time I get to that song, I'm like, wow, I am fucking in. This guy has dropped another masterpiece in his career. I've wanted to talk to him since day one of the podcast, and I still have not been able to talk to him. It's such a bummer because I love this man's music. I love it beyond man it is he is one of the all-time greatest i was thinking about it this morning how much music just fucking ignites me just going through these records alone today listening to them all over the last couple of days again and putting it into order i was just kind of like how great is music that especially the all the different ones i, I go from the elder you know, I'm like, oh, fucking, this record is insane. And then next thing you know, I'm listening to, you know, the Mars Volta, and then, yeah, yeah, yes, Burning, which is one of the greatest songs of their career, into Wilco, you know, Empty Condor. And I'm just like, this is, this is just beautiful. Music, oh my god. Okay, so that is number two. Number one, probably won't be a surprise to you because I had the man on the podcast and I told him it was one of the best records I had heard in years and this man has always been a high watermark for me as far as art and artists and uh, musicians and just humans. And uh, that's Greg Dooley and his record from the Afghan Whigs, How Do You Burn? It just, I, I, I told the story while I was on the podcast. He sent it over. I kind of just lagged on listening to it and then put it on one day because I was getting ready to interview him. And I just could not believe what I was hearing. I was hearing a, uh, a masterpiece. Gentleman, of course, is... One of the greatest records of all time, especially out of that era of, what, the 90s. Alternative radio. You're listening to 120 Minutes on MTV. This is for nerds and alternative people only. No rock and rollers. We don't want you people around, man. We smoke clove cigarettes. We wear cool clothes. Anyway, Greg Dilley has uh, made a masterpiece here. And, uh, this record will never get old to me and I will listen to it over and over and over exactly like I have, uh, the gentleman record. I listen to the gentleman, uh, uh, the gentleman record probably about, I don't know, 10 times a year, maybe 15 all the way through over and over for a day. And I'll be like, Oh God, it'll take me right back to San Francisco. It takes me right back to day drinking and, uh, Places on Hate Street like Murillo's Trophy Room, eating a burrito, walking home, just tanked. That whole era of music. You know, Nick Cave, Red Right Hand, Tool, Tool fucking Undertow, Gentleman, all of that era of music. Rollins, oh my God just unreal, you know. And, and his album cover, he loves the Dodgers. I love that's what I love about him. He loves the Dodgers. And he's got that fucking uh, Dodger Dodger Stadium there, beautiful photo he took. And just the songwriting is just unreal. I'll make you see God catch a cult. Jija. Please baby, please. Best song I've heard in years. Uh, And line of shots. Just record. Just fucking. I remember me and Joey. My good friend Joey. Joey Debono. uh, We couldn't stop talking about this record. For about three weeks. We would just call each other each day. Like are you fucking kidding me? In flames? Oh man. 10 songs. 40 minutes of Perfection by Greg Dooley and the boys. Patrick Keeler on drums, good friend. John Curley, still there on the bass. Love it. They got that Blind Melon dude now on guitar. Got Blind Melon. super Soup record. Still one of the greatest records ever made. Blind Melon Soup. Holy shit. Greg Dooley, I love you. I love everybody on this list. And uh, like I said, I... Those are my top 10. It doesn't mean I didn't like other records or I don't like other bands. This is my top 10 of what I thought was exceptional for the year of 2022. And look at how great 2022 was with music. I remember they always say during bad times, great music and art comes out. And that's what's been happening, man. During the Reagan era, During that fucking whole gloomy 80s era, there was so much good music. And look at this. Insane politic wars. We had, uh, you know, uh, COVID, a pandemic. Well, most of us had it. Some of you didn't. Some of you, you, I guess, didn't have no pandemic. That's all bullshit, man. It's government. The government, You're trying to take charge. Anyway. Whatever, whatever your thoughts are, man, whatever your politics are, your religion, or whoever you're fucking, I don't care, man. Just be good to each other out there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as long as this fucking weird anger is going on in the world, we're going to get some good, good art. And that's what we got this year. These ten records alone are proof And thank you to all 10 of these bands. 11, actually, or 12, if you count the Def Leppard 2 songs, and the Neil Francis EP. Thank you. Also, uh, Song, one of my favorite songs, and uh, I I can't really, uh, you know, I couldn't include it because there's no record out, but the record's coming out very soon. But... uh, Rival Sons dropped one of the best songs of uh, 2022 with Nobody Wants to Die. And their record comes out March 10th, 2023, Dark Fighter. And that I have heard all the way through, my friends. And it is a fucking smoker. So that's uh, a great, great song of the year. Now, uh, before I get out of here, I do want to talk about the Bon Scott bash that is happening. A lot of people have had questions. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on with that. It is January 10th, and it's going to be at the Avalon. It's my celebration of Bon Scott and ACDC. I've been doing it over 42 years on and off. Looking forward to doing it again. Basically, what it is, is is a full comedy show and a full rock show. You're going to get a... Uh, some comedy from Bill Byrne myself. and then we will clear the chairs out, take a little break and then come out and we will do a full ACDC concert for you uh, with some incredible musicians. And I, I'm telling you, you do not want to miss this. Tickets are at Deandelray.com. There are a few tickets left. Please don't wait on this because I can't stand when people go, dude, it's sold out, man. Um, anything, can you do anything? It's like, I can't do anything. All I can tell, do is tell you to get tickets. Bill Burr sells out the L.A. form. Just on him alone, he could show up and do this, this theater and sell it out. So you think it's not going to sell out? You're crazy. <laughs> January 10th, we got Lur from Primus on guitar. Dave Lombardo from Slayer, Mr. Bungle, Testament, and everything else playing some drums. Billy Rowe from Buck Cherry, Jet Boy. Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machines is going to play some drums. Josh Z will be in the Angus Young position, killing it like always. Mike Inez, the bass god of Alice in Chains and one of the greatest humans I've ever met. Scott Ian king of the right hand anthrax master and playing with bungle scott holiday speaking of rival sons coming on down spinning some guitar steve gorman will be the drummer for most of the night and this fucking dude black crow's drummer formerly uh wrote that great book ensuring that he'll never be in the Black Crows again. <laughs> I love him. He's a gangster. I love you, Steve Gorman. He is the only guy I think that really uh, should drum for the Black Crows. And that's just my, uh, my thoughts. Uh, he, he will be rocking it. I just love him. And then myself and Bill, I will be singing the concert. We will have some surprise guests that I cannot announce yet. Get your tickets, deandellray.com. Going to close out the episode right now with my uh, love of um, Led Zeppelin's Celebration Day. It was the 15-year anniversary of it on Saturday, and Led Zeppelin put it up on their Instagram for free to watch. They played the O2 Arena back in December on the 10th, at uh, in London. And it was a special show for Ahmet and a tribute for him. Ahmet was the great king, of course, of uh, Atlantic Records. And uh, he uh, you know signed Led Zeppelin along with all kinds of other fucking great bands. And that guy was a pure genius. Signed bands, knowing... This might not sell, but I love it, and these people need to make some records. Led Zeppelin's Celebration Day. It was the, probably, I told this story when I got hit on the motorcycle and I was sliding down the highway. People said, did your life flash before your eyes? And I was like, no. What happened to me as I was sliding, and this actually happened, what came to mind as I thought I was going to get run over was no regrets. I have no regrets. And as I thought about it over the years, I have no regrets except for one. And it's not a big deal, but at the time when they put the tickets on sale for this Led Zeppelin thing, there was over, I think, like 5 million requests or something. 1 million, 5 million, whatever the number was. It was the biggest... Ticket request ever And it was a complete shit show You get up in the morning And you got into this queue online As your computer crashed like nine times you think the Taylor Swift fucking tickets Was madness You don't even know what this was like And you could only buy two I believe at the time And you couldn't sell them You had to If you bought two You had to go in with the person who bought the tickets, it was on their ID, they couldn't sell the two, because that person had to go in, but he could bring a person in with him, he or she, uh, if I'm remembering correctly how this went. And at the time, my friend Cindy Poon, she was going and I was gonna go, and I was low on money. And I was like, I need to see this. So there were people selling them on Craigslist, but you weren't actually going to get a ticket in your hand because you had to walk in with the person. So basically what you had to do was hope the person wasn't selling to multiple people because that person had to trust the person was going to meet him at the O2 arena. There were so many fucked up trust issues here. You had to pay somebody on PayPal and then hope that when you flew to London You found the person in line, like, okay, I'll meet you over by the fucking red phone booth. And uh, I'll be the guy with the uh, goatee and the Led Zeppelin shirt. And then you had to find him and then get in line and then go in. And I, you know, I i fucking, I'll go for it on anything. You know, I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. But for some reason, and I think mostly because at that point in my life, 2007, I was pretty tired in life. I was just kind of like, I had played music all my life, and then I was out with the Rolling Stones working for them for four years, and I was home, and I hadn't been home in years. I haven't been home my whole life basically, except for about a four year span when I was working at Harley Davidson, but I'm never home. And uh, you know, I was like, fuck, I just, it was a lot of money too. I think it was a couple thousand dollars you had to give somebody. I was low on cash and the flights were probably a thousand and then you gotta get a hotel. And you gotta get yourself to O2 Arena. It's not like right downtown London or whatever. And there was all these things, and I didn't do it. And as I watch this celebration day, I watch it a lot. I watch it like once a year. It is so fucking good. And I just think, God. And, I, I, and I've told this story before. The real reason I kind of thought I don't need to go, because there were some real solid... Rumors solid that they were going to tour. I mean real solid from the underground. I was like, well, fuck it. They're gonna tour. So I'll go. I mean, I won't go. And they didn't tour, which I'm fucking glad they didn't. I still love these guys, them and The Clash, for never going out and doing that. It keeps the mystique. Uh, The only bummer is, like, I'm really sad that Jimmy Page just doesn't fucking play with anyone. I said it before about a year ago. This man is one of the greatest, and he just does not go out and play. He played once with the Foo Fighters, I guess. And uh, I saw him in the firm. I saw him with that Page plant. But he just hasn't played in all these years. So that's the only sad part about it. I wish Jimmy would just put together something. You know? How about a firm reunion? Those guys are all alive. And that's a fucking great band. I saw the firm, they blew my mind. I'm radioactive, out, radioactive. I just want to see Jimmy. I've seen Robert Plant like three or four times. He's great. He's great right now. Guy is cool as shit. Robert Plant is just cool. He's like, no, man. I'm not fucking, I'm not just Zeppelin. I do other shit. What a weight to have on your shoulders, you know? Imagine Robert Plant. When you're doing Zeppelin every goddamn interview? When you're going to do Zeppelin again? He's got all this great music, got his solo career, was great. And then the fucking, the, uh, the Alison Krauss records he did. When are you gonna do Zeppelin again? You think that the Zeppelin's gonna happen again? Everywhere he goes, he's at a Starbucks. Uh, can I get your name? Yeah, Robert. Guy looks up. Oh, Robert Plant. Oh, cool. Hey, you guys gonna get Zeppelin back together? You guys playing Coachella? I heard you guys are gonna do Coachella. Man, I tell you, the biggest show of all time would be Led Zeppelin and Oasis. Together. (laughs) I'm not putting them at the same level. I'm just saying. Oasis would just. Not necessarily the U.S. I mean Zeppelin. But but Oasis through Europe. Oh my God. I mean fucking. Look at fucking Liam. The guy sells out fucking. Two nights at the O2 Arena. That's fucking nuts. All right. I'm going to get out of here. I love you guys. I uh, hope to see you in San Diego this weekend at the Grand Comedy Club. And I hope to see you at the Bon Scott Bash. Fly in. If you, uh, if you are a fan of AC/DC or any of the guys playing or Bill Burr or myself, you do not want to miss this. You do not want to miss this, man. I take a lot of pride in how cool this thing is. I love doing it. Um, It's a lot of fucking work But uh, it's nothing better than just seeing people's faces As we roll out different people playing ACDC I love looking at Scott Ian And he's just digging into the Malcolm fucking rhythms Scott Ian man, what a fucking king Brad Wilk back there just swinging it You know Burr, big smile on his face, playing drums. I love watching Burr play drums because he is just in heaven. It's like when I'm doing comedy, I'm just like, oh, this is great. Candles lit, my friend. See you next week. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dean I've got a bonus episode coming up this week, and I'll be doing a live Zoom. See you guys.